0: This is Charlotte Donlin, and you're listening to Hope for the Lonely. Learn more about my first book, The Great Belonging, and my other writing and work at CharlotteDonlin.com. All right, for this episode, I found an article on um, damemagazine.com. That's Dame Magazine, D-A-M-E, and it was published on February 7th of 2019, February 7th of this year, And the title of it is, Are We Destined to be Lindley? It's written by Erin Biba, who is a um, science reporter, and she, um, well, the article looks like it's based on an interview she did with Jenna Clark, who's a senior behavioral researcher at Duke University's Center for Advanced Hindsight. So this article is fantastic and I will um, link to it in the show notes for this episode and I definitely recommend it to everyone. I'm going to go through and just highlight some different parts of it um, but I'm leaving out a whole lot so definitely read it when you get a chance. So it starts early on and um just talking about how loneliness is complex, which is something that I've said many times in many episodes, and now we know that science backs it up. Um, Here's a quote from the article. It says, The science of loneliness is an exercise in contradictions and complexities. The way you feel loneliness and the way I feel it aren't necessarily going to be the same. Loneliness can be perceived or it can be very real. Loneliness can be characterized by a feeling of not fitting in with societal norms or experiencing prejudice. With this massive set of varying factors that contribute to how people feel lonely, one has to wonder if it can ever be generalized enough to truly understand it. Clark says, that's the tough question. I was wincing as you were asking that. And she's talking about the question does loneliness feel more prevalent today than it used to? Um, And Clark says it's hard to answer that question, um, even though science is trying to answer that question. Um, This article says that um, loneliness is bad because we need each other to survive on Earth. So our social structures that we are used to having have contributed to the growth of society and the shifting of society, and um, sometimes those societal structures deteriorate. Um, She says, for example, church attendance has dropped over time, and um, whether or not you're religious, attending services has always been a way to create social interactions, Research also has shown that neighborhoods are changing and that people don't bump into their neighbors as much as they used to. And in city spaces, there's more of a fear and distrust of neighbors than there used to be. So all of these things have contributed to like a deterioration of human interaction that have taken place in generations before and years before Um, say today so she says that one reason our relationships and how we measure social interactions are complex um, are because we are now living in the internet age so I'm sure that's no surprise to you that the internet has a role in the complexities of loneliness and um, she doesn't slam the internet or technology Um, she says it's complicated of course and um, that it depends on how you use the technology. It depends on how you relate outside of technology frameworks as well. So your din- your digital interactions can make you lonelier, or they can help your loneliness depending on how you use technology. Um, she goes on to say that one other reason loneliness is complex is that it's really hard to study in a laboratory setting um, I'm going to quote the article here it says because it's impossible to change a person's loneliness in a few minutes and then measure what impacted that change neuroscience has attempted to tackle studying loneliness in the brain but those studies tend to focus on what loneliness looks like after it has developed and can't capture its creation Or the factors that cause it. And um, even though research can't measure loneliness um, very well right now, we do know that studies have shown how loneliness impacts us physically. And maybe you've seen a lot of the news that's out now and lately about those various studies. Um, The simple answer is loneliness is bad for your health. So... This article goes into some ways that you can help fight your loneliness. Um, And again, I recommend that you read those. It's very interesting and um, I think in line with a lot of what this podcast um, promotes with regard to talking about loneliness and being vulnerable. Um, And then the article closes saying that even though scientists are having trouble figuring out loneliness, they are still going to keep trying to do it. And um, I'm going to close with this quote from the article, or close the part about the article with this quote from the article. The reality is we'll probably never understand loneliness. It's a basic human condition, but the variability in defining it from person to person is such a moving target. We can attempt to gently grasp it, But as technologies emerge, we'll surely have to redefine it again in every new era. So that doesn't give me a ton of hope that scientists are going to be successful in their efforts to figure out loneliness. And this article does not touch at all on the spiritual complexities of loneliness that exist as we try to relate to God, others, and ourselves. When we bring our full selves into the equation, it complicates loneliness even more. Um, How we view God, how we view God's view of us, and how we view other people can impact our sense of loneliness. And these things are moving targets, sometimes on a daily basis. As much as we want to believe that God will never leave us, sometimes we feel like He's not present— Um, As much as we want to believe we are beloved children of God, sometimes it's difficult to feel secure in our standing as redeemed men and women. So it's complicated. But even in the midst of the complexities of loneliness, we can pray for God to remind us of His simple truths. And as my friend Zach Hicks, who um, is a worship pastor at my church, the Cathedral Church of the Advent here in Birmingham, as Zach says, we can have hope in God's promises about the present and the future. And um, Zach did a sermon recently. It was a couple weeks ago. I will link to it in the show notes also. But in the closing of his sermon, like in the last few minutes, he just said this long list of God's promises. And um It was so good to hear them. I know sometimes we throw around God's promises like they're just a Band-Aid that can cover suffering. And that's not how Zach presented the promises. And that's not how I'm presenting them. I'm presenting them as something that we can hold on to and something that we can hope in and something that is true and real and fulfilled in Christ. So here are some of the promises that Zach said in his sermon, and I recommend you listen to the whole thing so you can hear his whole list. All right, Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Isaiah 43.2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Isaiah 54 10 says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, for my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. And in Luke 4, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope for the Lonely. Learn more about my writing and work at charlottedonlin.com.